0: Today's scripture reading is from James chapter 3 verses 1 to 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water.
1: Get it wrong, and what if we say things that, that point you in the wrong direction? It makes sense. There has to be accountability. And James takes it even deeper. He says this, listen, don't get too excited about your abilities. Understand this, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. And the question that I want to ask you this morning is, who is this person? Who is this person? who uh, is never at fault in what they say and able to keep the whole body in check. Who? It's not me. And I'm suspecting it's not you this morning. I have never met this person. I've never met this person. What does that mean? It, It means this, friends. You and I need God's grace. We desperately need God's grace. We need it to be able to speak and speak words that won't destroy but will actually bless and help and grow. So, what do we do? We cry out for grace and James is going to press us I'm telling you right now James is going to press you into grace this morning. (laughs) Three reasons why we need God's grace to use our tongues and, and speak words that bless. Number one. Our words have life-shaping and life-altering power. Two, our words can be alarmingly destructive. And three, our words always reveal the true condition of our hearts. How does that sound for an outline? Are you encouraged by that outline? Are you excited by that? Do you feel your need for grace? You should. And if that's the impact, then praise God, because that's where James is taking us this morning, where people who all need grace. Number one, we need grace with our tongues because our words have life-shaping power. So, (laughs) it turns out that you talk a lot. Do you know that? By the time that you go to bed tonight, you will have spoken 16,000 words, some more, some less, but roughly, on average, 16,000 words we speak in one day, which works out to 5.76 million words in a year, which works out to be half a billion words in your lifetime. That is a lot of words. And those words that you speak, hear this, are powerful. They are powerful words. They have the power to change, to impact, to influence. They're huge. The words you speak are massive. And James is going to help us to understand just how Impactful and how life shaping these words actually are because in verse, well, verse three, he gives us a picture of two things. One, uh, a what? Uh, help me, I forgot. <laughs> help me, it's, what is it? Oh. oh, come on, work with me. A horse. You see the horse? And the other one is a a ship. That's right. And he's going to help us to understand how big, how influential our, our words actually are. So he says that our, our, our tongues, our words are like the bit that you put in a horse's mouth. How many of you have ridden a horse? Yeah? Have you, how many of you got up on top of one of those things and just felt its power underneath you? All 800 to 1,000 pounds of muscle. And how many of you have galloped on a horse? Fewer, right? Uh, I, I don't think I will ever gallop on a horse. I want to live. I like my life. And I, I just, I cannot see myself galloping. You can't see me galloping on a horse. I will not gallop on a horse. But this I know. That, that rider can just turn the bit. And that that 800 to a 1,000 pound beast can turn on a dime. Same with ships. I'm not going to assault your intelligence. I think you get the point. A rudder is a relatively small thing compared to the size of a boat, but it can turn the ship even with the wind and the waves. I mean, your tongues, friends, have power in them. They have power. You know that? Your tongues have power. They have the power to do so much that is so good and so much that is so hurtful and bad and evil. And that's the point that James is making here in his first few words. Proverbs 18, 21 puts it this way. The power of life and death, hear this. The power of life and death are in the tongue. And I can prove this. I'll prove this to you. Think about a time in your life when somebody said something to you that made you come alive. I'm thinking about a moment and they just said something and it was the word that you needed and it shaped the trajectory of your life. For me, it was Mrs. Scrub, my grade two teacher. I was eight years of age. I was a guy who really needed a word of encouragement. And I don't remember the word that she gave, but I know that she encouraged me. She encouraged me when there was very little encouragement in my life. That woman left an imprint on my life to believe that things were possible. How about this? I want you to think about a moment also in your life when somebody said something to you. And they may have said it in just like a few seconds, but it had a profound impact on the way that you think, on the way that you live, on the way that you process this world. It's true. Our words have enormous potential. For good or for bad. For good or for bad. And what James is saying here, you've got to hear this this morning. Man, we are people who need grace. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you knew the stakes were high? Yeah? Think about that. A situation where things needed to count. And the pressure was on. And you felt overwhelmed because you knew that you probably didn't or you thought you didn't have the stuff. And friends, that's how we need to feel with the use of our tongue when we think about how massive the opportunities are for influence, whether good or bad. Do you hear that? A second reason. Because our words are alarmingly destructive. It's going to get encouraging. Don't worry. Our words are, they can be alarmingly destructive. And not just with other people, but with us, our own lives. I mean, listen to what James says. Listen really carefully. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Uh, Look, where's the tongue? It's among the parts of the body. It corrupts the, what? The whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell heavy heavy yes our words don't have just the power to hurt other people here at this church Our our words have the ability to impact our own lives and to set the whole course of our lives on fire let me show you how this works think about people who have lost opportunities, people who have scorched relationships, people who have lost careers because of a stupid tweet or something they posted on social media. It is amazing how quickly you can ruin not only other people's lives, but how quickly you can destroy your own life just with a careless word. With a careless word. James says right here that our our tongues are actually like a fire. They're like a fire. See or consider how great a forest fire is caused by a little spark. Just a little spark. And the whole thing goes up. And we should know about fires right now because our country is burning from coast to coast. I, I figured this out. I think my math is right. To date, 11 million hectares of forest land have gone up in smoke. If you don't know, and I didn't, what 11 million hectares looks like, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is about 11 million hectares. It's like the whole province is done. Sometimes when these fires get going, friends, there is no stopping it. They just burn and burn and burn and burn. And James says the tongue is like that. It can set the entire course of our lives, not just other people's lives, but our own lives on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. How are we doing? And I would would find it really hard to believe that maybe if I didn't think of Matthew chapter 16 where one day Jesus was talking to Peter, the apostle Peter, and said to him, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says to Peter, And I, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I give you the king, the keys of the kingdom. And then he says to Peter, Peter, I'm going to the cross. And Peter takes the Son of God by the arm and begins to rebuke him over and over again. And he says, no, never. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. He could hear the serpent in the grass. He knew what was fueling Peter's temptation to not go to the cross. And it is scary and alarming, both friends, that Satan, your adversary, has some kind of power, a power that can actually induce you to say things. That will hurt other people, but also ruin your own life. Are you feeling your need for grace? Are you feeling your need for grace? I don't think that the words that James is talking about can be limited to just the words we speak to others directly that have an indirect, averse effect on our lives. I think, I think he also includes the words that you speak to yourself. Can we talk about that? What are the words that you so often tell yourself, friend? What are the words that you so often tell yourself that don't help you, that discourage you, that flatten you, I'm going to read some of these and I want you to fill in the blank. By now I should be. They must think I'm. Why can't I be more like? The reason this is happening is because many of the answers to those questions, my friends, were spoken to us when we were very young, in our formative years. And they're words that have attached themselves to our hearts, it is the message of the arrows. Arrows that should never have pierced your heart, but have pierced your heart clean through. And they are words that we not only carry, we perpetuate as we speak them back to ourselves. And they are destructive words. And I am so sorry that they were spoken to you. But there does come a time, friends, when you need to stop speaking those words to yourself. But that's hard, isn't it? They are so familiar. It's like a mother tongue. They're always there. They're so easy. They're just... They're always, we always have access to them. Don't you see your need for grace? Don't you see your need for grace? Here's a third reason. Because our hearts always show us the true condition of our heart. I want you to open your heart this morning right now I want you to try and open your heart to what James is going to say here. And I want you to think about your own life. I don't want you to think about somebody else. Just open your heart to what God would have to say to you here in this moment. It's a hard word, but it's a good word. It's a loving word. James says this. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I want you to hear what James is saying here, friends. The problem with our tongues, the problem with our mouths, is not a vocabulary problem. As though the solution is to change our vocabulary. I'm not saying we shouldn't change our vocabulary, but to reduce what James is saying here to just a vocabulary issue misses the point, trivializes our deep desperation for grace. It does. The problem, friends, with your mouth, and the problem with my mouth, the problem with our words is that they come out of a broken place. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I have been this week, as I've wrestled with this text, and if you think it's hard for you this morning, I've had to live with this passage all week long. And I have learned that my heart is not as pure as I think it is. When I think about the things that come out of my mouth, I realize that my heart is not as pure as I'd like to think that it is. But here's the truth. We only ever say, we only ever speak the thing that reigns and governs in our hearts. And there is in our hearts a war between the kingdom of self and the kingdom of God. And the truth of the matter, friends, is that we are people who too often live out of the kingdom of self, and the words that we speak come out of the kingdom of self and not the kingdom of God. And doesn't that mean something? It means, friends, that we are desperately, desperately in need of God's grace. Paul Tripp said you never, you've never, you never spoken a word that was ruled by You've never spoken a word that was not ruled by your heart. That's it. I don't know what the bulletin says, but that's the quote. Listen, what I'm trying to say to you is this. We're people who need grace. We're, we need grace. You need grace. You need grace to speak the 16,000 words you'll speak today, the half a billion you'll speak throughout your entire lifetime. So here's what I want to do. Here's, let's get practical, shall we? You do not need to be afraid to open your heart to God. And it's it's from the heart that the mouth speaks, but you do not need to be afraid to open your heart to God. God longs for you to open your heart to him. And we know that, friends, and hear this, because Jesus Christ is the word. We're told in John chapter 1 that the word became flesh and lived amongst us. And Jesus lived his life only speaking what was true and loving and beautiful and life-giving. And even when he had to confront people and say hard things, he did it with love. He never spoke an evil word. And because of that, the world hated him. And the world put him on a cross. But hear this. On that cross, Jesus Christ was dying for all of your sins. Every single word that you've ever spoken that did not align with his heart and will. Every word of gossip, all the cussing, all the blasphemy... All the angry words, all of the outbursts, all of the slander, all the digs, all of the horrible, wretched things that you say to yourself and that keep you from being who God wants you to be. Jesus took those on the cross. They were nailed to the cross. And he did that for you. And he did that in love. And then he rose. He rose triumphant. And with that, rising gives you life power. The power to speak words that will not destroy, but the words that will bless people. Hallelujah. So we're not going to be afraid to open our hearts to God. Here's what else. Here's what else. It's okay to own your neediness. In fact, it's essential. (laughs) We're people who need grace. You need grace. It doesn't matter what you're telling yourself this morning. I'm telling you what God says. You need grace. I need grace. We need grace for our tongue and grace for our words so that our words are beautiful and life-giving and not life-destructing. Okay? We come to God and we need to come needily and say, God, you've got to change my heart. Changing my vocabulary is not going to be enough. You've got to get in here. And you've got to reign in my heart so that the kingdom of self is not the dominant kingdom in my heart, but the kingdom of Christ. Please, let that kingdom come in my heart. Change my heart. I want that so that what comes out of my mouth, what comes out of my lips, will only bless and heal and strengthen I think we can also afford to take stock. Listen, if Jesus went to all the trouble of dying for your sins, if he went to all the trouble of taking all of the sins of your tongue upon himself on the cross, and if he rose to give you a new heart and to give you new words, then you have the freedom to take stock of those words that you speak that aren't helping, that aren't helping but hurting Hurting others, hurting you. So take stock. What are those words? Is it gossip? Is it slander? Is it passive-aggressive speech? Sniping, maligning, lying. What is it? Don't you see that in Christ you can you can own those things. You can take those to Him and say, I I want to be done with these things. I don't want these things to characterize my life anymore. And God will hear that prayer, don't you see? And by His Spirit, He will begin to change your heart. And as He changes your heart, your words will change. And the words that will come out of your mouth will be words that actually bring life life to others, and life to you. Friends, we have the word of God in our midst. Jesus is here. And if you have never known him as your Savior, if you've never known the change that he can make in your heart and how he can change your tongue, then consider him today and come to him today. Regardless, come church, come to Christ Know your need, receive His grace, and He will change you. And He will change you from the inside out. We pray. Father in heaven, it is this crazy story of grace. Thank you, Lord, for. <clears throat> helping us to see this morning that we're not doing as well as we might think we are. Thank you for uh, bursting that bubble. Help us, us, thank you, Lord, for helping us to see sanely. Because, Lord, what we want with these tongues that you've put in these bodies is to use them in a way that glorifies you, and blesses others. Spirit of the living God, we pray that you will day by day meet us and change us. We pray, Father, that we will seek you and seek that grace and not presume upon it, but really seek it, Father. Our hearts need to be changed. You are the great heart changer. Change our hearts so that our words beautify this world that you have put us in to beautify so that our relationships go from being fractured and strained to strong and blessed. Give us your grace, Father, so that when there is a need, we're ready with it. We're ready to speak into that moment. Father, give us your grace so that when a word of encouragement is needed, we give the right word. Father, give us the grace we need so that when a hard thing needs to be said, you help us to speak the truth but in love, so that people feel one over to you. Father, we pray that we would be a community that speaks the truth in love. We pray, Father, that we would be a community where gossip is far away, where just language that does nothing to help is far away. Help us to be a community, Father, where your very life is pulsing within us and that that is manifestly obvious by the words that we speak here and to the West End. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.